If you like sports talk with absolutely no sports talk, then welcome back to the Just Not Sports podcast. This is the show where a guy in sports talks to the people who play and cover sports about anything they like that's just not sports. I am your host, Brad Burke. I am a sports marketer in Chicago. And welcome back, inching closer to Halloween. My house is, I mean adorned, regaled, uh, slathered in homemade Halloween decorations. Just right now, as I'm taping this to you, I just put my two daughters to bed after making homemade painted bats to hang on the wall. Hey, Kelly, my loving wife, you're coming home to bats hanging on your wall that were painted very sloppily by two toddlers. Sorry about that. And thank you for all the feedback from last week's show with Shea Serrano. I mean, I talked to Shea literally the day before he became a number one New York Times bestselling author. And I will say I'm glad... I had a feeling he was going to go to number one with this book, his third book. Growing popularity, huge, crazy fan base. But I just I just couldn't tell him that I thought it was going to be number one that close to the list coming out. So I'm glad I didn't. I would like to take some semblance of credit for not jinxing that. But on a serious note, congrats to Shay. Big accomplishment. Appreciate him coming back on. As I mentioned last week, go listen to that episode if you haven't. Uh, he was uh, the actual first interview we ever did on Just Not Sports, the second episode, but the night that we taped, he was the very first person we ever spoke to. So I have a soft spot in my heart for him and congratulations. And trucking right along because today I'm jumping into the thing that everybody's been talking about in 2019 and right at the peak time that the search engine optimization is is humming, the Googleable traceable keywords locked in. That's right, Game of Thrones. Okay, I'm a bit late to this, <laughs> admittedly, but my guest today wanted to break down Game of Thrones, so of course I'm going to do that. And my guest is a WNBA all-star, member of my WNBA team, the Chicago Sky. Of course, I am talking about Diamond DeShields, and she wanted to break down Game of Thrones, so I got to try to back out. I'm ready to go. Let's break it down. Let's go all the way back to the beginning. Surprising moments. When did she pick up the show? Because unlike me, I mean, she, she literally heard about the show when it was like several seasons in, and then just straight up binged it. I don't even know if I have to say spoiler alert anymore because Game of Thrones is out there. It's been in book form for a long time. The show's over. If you've avoided the spoilers, best to you. I mean, unless you're Ted Kaczynski living in a cabin. I don't know what to say. But Diamond and I are going to break down everything about the show. Yes, there's the controversial last season. Uh, We have her takes on that. But also discovering the show mid-run like she did. And the art of binging the show, watching it with friends. And what I find really, really exciting, she talked about how the show really bonded her team during this playoff run. That they would sit down after, you know, they would go to practice, want to talk about the show. There'd be people saying, I didn't see it last night. So then others would just kind of flock to the corner, talk about the show. I think that's fascinating. I love the role that like pop culture plays 
and helping athletes connect with other athletes. So it's going to be a really fun conversation. We're going to talk about best moments, best episodes, characters you're rooting for, characters you're rooting against. I think you're really going to enjoy this conversation with Diamond. And stick around after the interview. I will be back to distract you. When the drama comes, gunshots go. Never been a dope boy, but I got a dope flow. Straight to your brain, how my fans feeling? Oh, okay, you know me for balling and making jump shots, but I be moving the crowd like a honey gunshots. Virginia's my state, Norfolk's my city, so no was the murder capital. Corinth is busy, youngest. Game of Thrones. Uh, I guess there's a lot of ways I could go with uh, getting into this conversation, but I think the most uh, relevant and current right now is everybody was talking about the final season. Everybody has opinions on it. Where did you net out on how the show ended and your overall thoughts on the execution there? You know, I think it's just, I think it's a very, very uh, bitter. I don't even, I don't even think it's a bittersweet moment because like Game of Thrones is one of those shows that you literally just never want to end. Yeah. So as like a true fan of the series, like I'm just completely bitter about uh, not only the way it ended, but just the fact that it ended. Like I'm, I'm really, really hoping for some sort of like Arya spinoff <laughs> to take place. Like just about her uh, searching and on her exploration west of Westeros. You know what I mean? Uh, but uh, I, I don't know. You know, I, I'm still hurt by the fact that it that the show ended. So there's there's hurt about I can't believe it's over and then there was a lot of talk about the choices that the show made at the end both with the quick turn um you know for Daenerys to turn into the the villain of the show the 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 actual finale right. just sort of being people standing around <laughs> talking and not really doing much. Okay. So what did, what did you think what was your experience watching that final episode and seeing just how quickly everything was unfolding. Like what, what did you think about their creative choices? I mean, it's interesting because it's like, once again, as a fan, like we have all these expectations and then like, we've all been like let down in some ways by the way the last season happened. But at the same time, it's like, what would you have done? You know, right. like, I don't really necessarily know. I, I hate that Daenerys kind of went towards, um, turning into the mad queen and everything, but it was kind of poetic, you know, the way uh, John kind of handled the situation. And um, I, uh, I just, I don't know, like I, I'm mad that it was only six episodes, you know, like I wanted it to be like mm -hmm. a thousand episodes. Like I wanted it to still be going <laughs> on. I just wish that it didn't stop, you know, like I have a lot of things that uh, could have been disappointments, but like the biggest thing for me is just that it's over. So now you you're younger than me, so I re I remember discovering the show, you know, right about you know maybe half a season after it was on, and 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 kind of falling into it in real time. D did you when did you actually pick up on it? How far in its run before you were either old enough or able oh, to to man. watch? So I picked up on it in when the season when season four was like happening or mm -hmm. season five was happening. Oh wow! How many seasons was it? I think it was 
seven? eight. I think eight seasons, right? I'm eight? looking it up right now. Yeah, season five was happening. Uh, was when I like start, or yeah, was when I started watching it because I just remember literally binge watching it for weeks. Like my friends would come to my house and like try to hang out with me and like I would literally be like if you're not gonna sit here and watch this show like <laughs> you can't come over you know yeah like I was like so drawn to it it was like the summer after I had just decided to leave school so I was literally just sitting at my house waiting to um waiting to go overseas I was waiting to take my first job overseas so like I had nothing but time so I would literally like go work out and then come home and just watch Game of Thrones all day. Now, did you ever do the books? I never, I never read the books, and I, I don't think I ever will. I just, but I know a lot of fans of the show that, um, that ultimately liked it so much they started reading them. Where, where do you fall on that spectrum? So I actually, um, I, I would like to read the books, but I found it very difficult to like read the book while the show, while I was still watching the show, because like. Even from like the first few pages, there were like differences in how like how the direwolves came into the family mm-hmm. of the Starks. You know, like that whole initial sequence. Like I was like, no, this is too much. Like this is gonna like just confuse me. So I had to stop reading the books. Um, but I think that in my time over here, I probably will because I miss the show so much. You know. So when you when you came into it, because I you know I've had uh, like uh, Jamel Hill on the show, and she kind of infamously last year picked up Game of Thrones, and she was binge watching it, and and kind of tweeting about key moments as they you know on Twitter, and people would be like, I can't believe you don't know that the red wedding is going to happen, and that kind of stuff. How many of yeah, the yeah. how many of the surprises still were able to surprise you? Were you just not around enough Game of Thrones fans where they would all of a sudden just drop oh. a bomb? No, I was completely, like, oblivious to, like, what was going on via social media. And I, like, made sure to not, like, to not read. Like, if I started to read a tweet and it said, like, you know, Game of Thrones, like, I would just scroll down. Like, I wouldn't even continue to read it. So, like, I was, um, I don't think I had any moment get spoiled for me. Wow. Um, in Game of Thrones. I mean, and after season five, I was I was watching everything in real time. So Yeah, okay. Yeah, that makes sense. Uh, yeah, so it was like, you know, Twitter wasn't really popping like that. Uh, when, like, you know, like, I think, like, the engagement via social media really, like, picked up in the, like, last three seasons of the show. Yeah. So- I don't really recall even seeing seeing people talk about it when it first came out you know Mm -hmm. so what was your what was the your sort of like holy crap moment like what was the most surprising experience watching the show oh goodness um i think it was after the red wedding and it just seemed like it just seemed like everything was going wrong for the starts right (laughs) and like i was really like it was like, uh, you know, Rob had just got killed. The mom had just got killed. Brother, um, so many, so many terrible, terrible things were happening. And like, I want to say at the end of season five or something, the beginning, 
like when Arya came back from the Faceless Men and like killed Walter Frey, like that was probably like one of the aside from when she killed the Night King. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, I literally like was jumping, screaming at my TV when that happened. <laughs> um, For me, it was the mountain killing the viper in that duel like i i had a feeling he was just kind of like talking too much trash you kind of knew something bad was going to happen but then when he just kind of climbs on top of him and busts his head open i don't think anyone saw that level of kind of shocked violence uh and i i I can remember watching it he just looked like he was gonna get be the one that got killed you know like he kind of just came out of nowhere and and killed him like I knew for sure the Viper was going to win that fight. Like, he was so swift and smooth, but then he just got cocky. Like, oh, gosh. There were so many moments like that, honestly. Even in the beginning, like, when I first started watching the show, there was no way you could tell me that Ned Stark was going to die. Yeah. You know? Yeah. (laughs) And then they just, like, find a way to, like, kill your favorite character. Like, kill the character you think is, is is irreplaceable, you know? Who were you rooting for in the series as it was going along? Um, I was rooting for Arya the most, but I also, I also had a little, I had a love-hate relationship with Sansa until, like, the end. You know, like, there was a time when she got caught up with, uh, 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 Baelish. When she got caught up with oh, Baelish, right. like, Baelish was, was really pissing me off his relationship with uh <laughs> with uh, uh Sansa and and the bastard uh what's his name yeah th- those two guys like almost ruined Sansa but I was really proud of the way that she like matured and like became like a very strong woman like I admired her her whole character development was really nice and Arya is just I feel like Arya is me you know just like rebellious and like completely who she is and doesn't care how like other people think about it. So I really wanted Arya to win. What did you think about the way that her storyline ended and how she's, it's, it's interesting, you know, as, as you're, you're going overseas now to play in the off season that the show ends with, with Arya kind of venturing uh, into distant lands to, to make her own path. What, what did you think about how, how it ended and, and, and in your head, what, what do you think that character goes on and does? Well, I mean, I think that, uh, I think that Arya just goes on to, like, I think she goes on to do some very, very incredible, incredible things, but she seeks no glory for it. And I think some of what Arya may accomplish post-season is, like, things that we would never hear about. You know, Arya is, like, not about, like, being a being a queen or conquering all of these lands. I think she just seeks she just seeks the truth. You know, she just seeks the truths of like all these unknowns. And um so I think that she just went on to like do exactly what she said and figure out what's west of Westeros, whatever that is. Were I, did you ever get emotional watching the show? Did the show ever make you cry or 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 just really get into what's going on? Ramsey Bolton, he came into Sansa's, like, chambers, and he, like, you know, they had just got married, 
And so they had to like consummate the marriage, you know what I mean? And he like put himself on her and just like, I think like that scene made me really angry and frustrated. Um, let me think. I think it was the betrayals within the show that like, that really, really like made me mad. Like how so? Because you just, I, I don't know. It's like, you think you knew the characters and then they would just like, just do something just completely just like, uh, you know, like, <laughs> oh my gosh. But then the show also had a way of like bringing it back full circle and like that character would end up making up for it somehow. Um, you talk about like Stanza, oh, yeah. you talk about Stanza and her you know complicated marriage to Ramsey. I, there was a lot of you know sexual violence, um, uh, power dynamics between men and women as part of the show. And for me, as a, as a man watching it, I, I think as the show went along and, and the conversation around where's the line of appropriateness, where is is this an important part of a character's story versus just gratuitous? I became much more aware of that. But as your experience as a woman watching it. What did you think about the way the show handled those types of sexual power dynamics? And do you, do you feel like they at times just crossed a line they didn't need to? Um, I think, yeah, I think there were moments where it was like, it was too much. Like some of the scenes in the brothels um, and like things like that. Uh, but I mean, I try not to get too like caught up in it because it's like, you know, to me, it's just a show. It's just, like, entertainment or whatever. And, like, if I'm watching that with some kids or something, then I would be like, all right, this is too much. But I feel like um, initially, like, you had to know that that show was going to include, like, a lot of, like, that type of type of stuff and risky behavior and things like that. Um, I mean, as a woman, like, I was all for the the empowering moments that the women had on the show. I thought that those were like awesome, awesome moments. Um, but then there were the times where they like really made women feel so just insignificant. And I think that there are some, some, there's some truth to that, you know, in modern society. Um, and they just, they kind of layered it in such a way, but I think that uh, that show was very, uh, there's some parallels in that show that still exist today. Brienne of Tarth, uh, let's just say she gets drafted in the WNBA. What's your <laughs> What's your strategy to break her break her down and 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 uh, and get a bucket? Um, I think that uh, I like I like challenging post players just at the rim. So to me, I don't think that I would necessarily try to break her down. I think I'd. Uh, just try to hit her with like a quick move and uh, <laughs> whether she recovers or not, you know, I just try to get into her body and uh, I'm a pretty good finisher. So either I can get a foul or get a pretty nice finish uh, at the room. Who's a better jumper, uh, you or Aria going after the Night King? Because she had like real, real elevation <laughs> on that move. Man, I have to give it to Arya. She she looked like little, little uh, MJ out there. <laughs> Who uh, the, the show was known for having so many of those side players, those like smaller characters. You know, whether it's it's Bron or 
you know, uh, Brienne uh, clearly her her stature grew as as we went. Who of like the not the non main characters do you think you you gravitated the most toward, and why? Um, I think that you know, I think uh, <laughs> honestly, I think it was Samuel Tarley. Oh yeah. <laughs> I just love him. Like, you know, he was, he was, uh, the show couldn't have, the war couldn't have been won without the guy. You know, like, he was the one that figured out that the Dragonglass was what killed the White Walkers. And, you know, after that, uh, the rest was history. But I think Samuel Tarly is, although they portray him as, like, this cowardly guy, I think he was very courageous. And what he did, um, saving Gilly and little Sam and, you know, just being the best friend of Jon Snow. Like, that's a dangerous position to hold. Um, but he did it with grace. And, you know, I admire him. What was your take on the kingdom ultimately going to Bran? Um, that was probably, I would I would argue, the most, even more than da- Daenerys's turn, so quickly or, or or her and John sort of um you know going south so fast. I think a lot of people were like, wait, honestly, Bran is the new king. What what did you think about that choice? I mean Bran like Bran started to piss me off like <laughs> in the last couple of seasons because he would always like speak in these riddles and like he was so such an important figure yet he never talked. You know what I mean? He would just be sitting in his chair, like, staring off into the wind. So when he, like, comes into the kingdom and, like, gets the kingdom, in my mind, I was like, he knew this was going to happen the whole time. You know? Like, I don't know if that made him feel good, but he knew that the ultimate decision was going to be them trusting him with, with the kingdom. And, I don't know, that kind of made me feel some type of way. Because it's like they went through all that, killing each other, fighting for this kingdom, just for you to end up with it. Man. I don't know. But, I mean, it's it's okay. It's okay, I guess, because, like, he's all seen. He's all knowing. So, I guess, you know, like, whether he was a king or not, he would still know everything. Yeah, and the one thing I didn't like was, I mean, because, look, the first episode, it ends with him falling out of the tower, and that incites all the rest of the plot. So I understand why it's a neat and tidy bow to sort of have him elevated. But even calling him Brand the Broken, like, I like call him the Unbroken. Like, his legs don't work, but he ascended. <laughs> I mean, could you? what would you think if, if, if your nickname playing was the Broken? <laughs> I would feel some type of way like I would feel some type of way for sure I mean like the names that they had just going into it was like I had to actually research like Daenerys' full name you know how they were saying like Breaker of Chains you know (laughs) uh, Mother of Dragons she had like 12 titles and I'm like what is all this stuff and then it's like there's like a whole lineage of like why people's names were what they were. Um, and I just think they could have came with something better than broken. 
us all. So near the end, John abandons Ghost, his dire wolf, and the internet lost its collective mind. Am I a bad person? Because I just didn't care that he didn't pet that wolf when he went south. <laughs> I mean, I have a dog myself. So and that kind of touched me that moment did. I won't say that it made me upset because at that point in the show, I was prepared for anybody to die. Like, that's what I would tell people, like, before they started watching. I was like, don't get too drawn to anybody on the show because they're probably going to die. So I wasn't like, if that would have happened earlier in the show, I would have been like devastated. But, you know, it was whatever to me too. What did you think of, let's talk about the Lannisters for a second. Um, obviously, you know, they were some of the more nuanced characters. Uh, you know, Jamie ends with, uh, you know, he, he, he leaves Brienne and, and goes back to Cersei, which I didn't really agree with, but, you know, hey, it, it makes sense to me. Um, what did you think of their dynamic and, and which of the three did you find yourself ultimately rooting for? I had a uh, I had a moment with Cersei when I was really really rooting for her. Um when she had to march through the city uh when um when uh what was it when Tywin was it or Tommen Tommen was trying to yeah. get um his wife back so he was just doing everything for the uh the the guy the preacher guy the high sparrow yeah and um i had a moment where i was really rooting for her but Tyrion was my favorite i feel like oh i don't know they all had moments right like towards the end jamie had a change of hearts which was nice but i think he was a complete jerk <laughs> any other time um i, I like Tyrion. I rooted for Tyrion because as a as a a guy with um you know he was born as a a dwarf so he was labeled as all these things by society but he was very very persistent in in the way he moved and I admire his um uh, his ambition you know I admire that about him when when he had a lot stacked against him yeah, I was always a big Tyrion fan, and I, I even though the, his ending was a bit rushed and weird, I still think um, I, I, I still was rooting for his character the entire time. Well, let me you, you mentioned earlier. It's just a couple more questions here, and I'll let you go. You, you mentioned earlier that you know th this became a much bigger social media phenomenon at the end, and clearly every every week for that final season, you know, people were anticipating. How much did you notice your teammates talking about the show? I mean, I've had like Courtney Vandersloot on before, um, uh, you know, and, and I know just how, you know, as athletes, you need escapes, you need things to get yourself um, just away from the the grind of of uh, athletic performance. So, d did you find a lot more of your teammates, you know, talking about this during the final season, and and, and what would what was their perceptions of it, and as it was unfolding? Oh, like absolutely, we were having like watch parties. Like, Blue and Allie were having, like, watch parties at their house. Granted, like, I watched it at my house by myself with on FaceTime with one of my old teammates. Oh, That's really? how I watched Game of Thrones. But it was like, we were coming to practice the next day and, like, have full-on discussions about what had just happened. Um, and it was like, if one of them or somebody didn't watch the show, 
they were like, no, like, please don't talk about it. Please don't talk about it. But like, we couldn't contain ourselves. Like we would literally like go into a corner to try to talk about this show. Um, so I would definitely say it elevated our team dynamic. <laughs> Honestly, I mean, we were like, we were like drawn closer together because of the show. That's really interesting you say that. And honestly, don't you have, at a certain point in that final season, don't you say, look, sorry you didn't watch it, but that's on you. Because everybody's watching it. Everyone's talking about it on social media. Like, you should have made the time somehow, right? Yeah, like, there was plenty of, there was plenty of time between season seven and eight. to like, I rewatched the entire season when I was in China in January. Like I watched the the entire show. Excuse me, I watched the oh, entire wow. show in January just to like refresh my brain before the new season came out. Huh. And so I didn't really feel bad for anybody who hadn't like caught themselves up once the new season, once the last season started. So there's spinoff shows coming. Now, nothing about Aria has been announced, but we do know there's going to be this prequel show that takes place a thousand years before with Naomi Watts. There's talk about potentially two more series that are in some form of development. Are you going to watch those shows and what kind of expectations do you have for them? Um, I'm going to watch the shows with the highest of expectations. Oh. Like, there's no way that you even attempt to do a spinoff on a show like Game of Thrones and you don't, like, come all the way correct. You know, like, you have to... Like, I hope it's not like a... Like like a, like the Harry Potter spinoffs. Like, mm-hmm. those are not good to me. You know, it, like, totally just, like, ruined my Harry Potter experience. Um, but I, I think that there's, like, so much meat to Game of Thrones that, like, you can really, really, like, I don't want to say you can't mess it up, but, like, I just think there's so much to work with that there can be a really, really good product put out. And I just hope that that the same effort and energy gets put into it. Yeah, I was going to say, some of that some of that final season might be proof that you can mess it up. <laughs> Yeah, like, it was just like, but they had to end it, you know? Like, yeah. what do you do without it Without it leading to a season nine, you know? Like, they had to figure out how to, like, end it some kind of way. You've been so great to give me this much time, just to kind of close out here. Um, all-time... Uh, f- all-time favorite moment on the show, what would be, if you, if you said to someone who, you know, you're overseas, they're like, what's this Game of show, Thrones show about? What would you, where would you point them? Is there a certain episode or a certain moment you'd say, go right here? Um, I would definitely point it towards uh, the long night. I mean, just that whole, that, that episode, uh, the, the whole battle. Um, I mean, that was like the longest, like, I love fight scenes, and, like, that was, like, the longest, best, like, fighting scene I've ever seen. And it was uh, just topped off perfectly when, when Arya killed the Night King. You know, off the top of my head, I'd have to say that one. There's so many other episodes, but, like, I'd have to say that one. Well, yeah. sure. here's my here's my friendly advice. Next time you're, like, you know, skying in for a, uh, for a layup, just yell Arya. 
That could be your I thing. Speaking about you. <laughs> hey, thank you so much for making the time, especially overseas. Uh, congratulations on an awesome season, all-star season. You know, I, I live in Chicago. We will be rooting for you uh, next season for, for even more greater uh, things to come. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate it. And we are back in the sports world. Athletes, coaches, media, they all do interesting things. And then we, the fans, tell them, stop being interesting. You know, get back to watching game film. Get back to being a robot automaton who reports only to the fan base. That's ridiculous. Life is just work and the things that distract us from work. So on this show, I celebrate locker room distractions every week by telling you what's been distracting me. And here's what's been distracting me for like the last two weeks. My garage. And I say this with a lot of sympathy slash empathy slash understanding for whatever your garage situation has been. Because I have been all of it (laughs) in my life. Grew up in a house with a detached garage, which means you're, you know, bad snowfall. You got to get the shovel out from your front porch and just trek your way shoveling it out to even get to uh, get to your car to warm it up while you shovel the rest of the driveway. I've moved into condos with attached garages. I've moved into condos in big cities with street parking, where when polar vortexes came through Chicago, you're out there trying to jump your car in the street. It's the worst. I still remember, you know, flagging down some, some, <laughs> some woman who was driving by me at like five in the morning in the pure darkness and saying, hey, can I get a jump? And she's like, I'm really sorry. I'm going to be late to my yoga class. And I was like, just get out of my face. <laughs> and I, I don't blame her. <laughs> don't pull over for weirdos on the street. But seriously, just tell me it was like a conference call with Europe or something. Okay, so now I, I, I live in the Burbs, got a garage. It was a train wreck of a garage, okay? Like stained walls, the very original walls, never painted, all brown, but with stains all over them. These rickety shelves have been hung up probably in like the 70s, 80s, because when I went to like tear them down, like pull the nails out, like the nails were so far in there, they were just like stuck, like you wouldn't believe, but the drywall would just like crumple underneath, like just like like just go. Like you couldn't put any pressure on the wall. It was disgusting. Uh, you know, mouse feces everywhere. You know, long story short, not the garage you want to be raising two toddlers in. So, my wife's going to Italy with her mom for her mom's seventieth birthday. Long planned trip. They're gonna go off with uh, their family, have a good time. I'm gonna have the girls uh, for the entire week. And I'm like, you know what I'm gonna do when the girls are sleeping, uh, or you know, it's nap time for my younger one when my older one's at school. I'm going to get in this garage and like just solve this thing. So on the first night, on the very first night, I put the girls to bed. I go into my garage. I'm like, I'm going to get some stuff done. I stand up on these two kitchen cabinets that we had pulled out of the kitchen when we redid it and just like put in the garage and like put some plywood down over. It's actually three cabinets. That's important. I'm getting up on top of it. And I'm trying to pull down this like rickety old two by four. The guy had nailed into the wall with like rusty nails all over it, like just to hang stuff on, serve no function. I'm pulling this thing down. 
I put my leg, I put my foot down on the middle part of this, what I think is a solid thing I'm on, but really it's three cabinets held together by a loose piece of plywood on the top that's not nailed in. And the one cabinet underneath my foot goes and I fall down onto cement and the cabinet falls on my leg. Instantly my knee is like covered in blood and I had that moment where I'm thinking, my wife left me alone with my girls for not even 12 hours and I've already broken my leg and I'm just stuck in the garage. Okay, thankfully, I get up, I limp around, I go inside, I clean it out. It's okay enough. In hindsight, I probably, if you go to my Insta, you go to my Instagram, you probably see some, I mean, in hindsight, I probably needed like, like a couple stitches, like not, not bad. I've been what, neosporining it? Is that a word? Uh, for a couple weeks. It probably doesn't need, I mean, it didn't need stitches to heal, but like the one, the one cut is like, you know, still not, not in good shape. But I'm gonna like, you know what? This is not gonna stop me. I work all week on this garage trying to clear stuff out. I'm throwing stuff away. I'm like hitting it during every nap time. I'm exhausted. I'm dirty. You know, still like putting my attention toward the girls. We're doing homework together. We're doing crafts together. And my daughter says, my six-year-old daughter says, Dad, what if we made one of these walls like a like a big <laughs> mural? And I'm like, sure. Okay. <laughs> and enter phase two of my nonsense with this garage. I probably could have legit rollered the walls, taken that stuff down, rollered the walls with like, you know, primer and let this thing be. Next thing I know, I'm making like four straight days of Home Depot trips buying, you know, probably like $150 worth of different paints and like small brushes, big brushes. We're turning this wall into like a freaking Dr. Seuss land. I get halfway through it and, and Charlie, my daughter's like, hey, what if half the sky was a night sky? All right. Uh, all right. Hey, smart Alec, listening to this. You go to your garage right now and paint me a fucking night sky, okay? It is ridiculously hard. Now, you can just get some navy blue paint and just like roller it up there. But my question to you is, when it's a half of a night sky, how does it become day? <laughs> so now I'm at the store getting like spray paints. And yeah, just navy blue onto light blue looks bunk. So I'm getting like pink, like sparkly spray paint. And I'm like putting texture of it in there. Come back out. My daughter's like, I like that sky. I just didn't want that much of the of the mural to be a night sky. First things first. This might just be it for us with this night sky stuff. So I get the roller out, rolling it over, and I restart. Long story short, I get it to a point where I'm feeling really good about this mural. But here's the real rub. I'd said to the girls, we can paint on this mural together. And then it got to a point where it looked good enough where I was like, I... I don't really want the two-year-old painting on this thing. <laughs> I just spent a week of my life, came close to blowing out my right leg. I don't want just a mess of gray nonsense in one corner. And so I just had this strange, as Sarah Spain says on her podcast, I just had this strange dilemma where I'm like, I've really poured my soul into making this a mural my daughters can enjoy. And now I'm going to be a selfish prick about the entire thing. And just not let them enjoy it. So finally, this week, uh, the third week of this saga, my wife left town again going to her, uh, her uncle's wedding. 
and uncles plural, Dennis and Eric. Uh, God bless you both. Congratulations. And I'm like, Charlie, let's paint a rainbow on this uh, on this mural. We we did it together. And sure, after she went to bed, I went out and gave her another coat, like, spray painted it down a little bit. You know, I mean, I'm I'm a crazy person. But long story short, if you're gonna do your garage over and you're gonna promise a mural to your kids, uh, do it right. But then also let them do it wrong because it's not a mural for your kids if you don't let it be a mural for your fucking kids to paint on. <laughs> All right. That's been my distraction for this week. And thank you. Let's end with some shout outs to Diamond DeShields, Chicago Sky, WNBA All-Star. First things first, I want to say total bummer. She's got to leave town and go right to um, right to overseas. We, we were talking. She was in Italy. We were talking because she's there playing for her overseas team. Um, again, I know the economics are, are, are convoluted or whatever, but let's just hope that the league continues to grow, uh, get more people behind it, get these really talented, amazing women paid more where they don't have to do this unless they really want to do it. But I really enjoyed breaking down Game of Thrones with her. Love her passion for. I love her passion for the show. I love uh, revisiting some of the key themes. Look, I, Game of Thrones been off for a few months, and sure, I miss it. I know it was not what everyone wanted in the final season, but come on. like It was a lot of fun. It was fun to have that kind of communal TV, and it was fun for me to sit down and talk to such a great athlete about the role that the show played for her and her team, which they had a great run, and we're rooting for them again next year. And um, that's the show. Follow me on Instagram, Just Not Sports, Twitter, Just Not Sports, Email justnotsports at gmail.com. If there was a TikTok, just not sports, follow that. I don't know what's on there, but go for it. Maybe it's going to be the next uh, Little Nas X. Who knows? If so, give me some money. And we'll be back with another show. I got already got next week's show lined up. Big stretch coming up. Really appreciate everyone for uh, listening, reacting, responding, engaging, sharing the show. It's awesome. You're awesome. Thank you. And in the immortal words, of Shaquille O'Neal, booty rappers, day booty.